Your Pizza Shop, located at 1200 8th Avenue Southwest in Largo, offers a great selection of personalized pizzas, pastas, and calzones, as well as delicious wings, subs, salads, and tasty desserts. Enjoy the relaxing atmosphere and scenic view overlooking Pinecrest Golf Course. Remember, for the finest pizza anywhere, takeout, delivery, or catering, call 581-1101. That's 581-1101. Or order online at yourpizzashop.com. Heavy-duty. You mean the charger? It's got a Hemi in it, too. Uh, yeah. Now with a 345-horsepower, 5.7-liter Hemi Magnum. There was a time from the 1950s to the 1970s when a person of ordinary means could walk into a car dealership and buy a sports car. He could buy it on a Thursday, prepare it to race on Friday, and drive it to the track on Saturday. He would race that sports car with some of the biggest names in the world of motorsports at that time. Still today, men and women are preparing and racing these cars on world-famous tracks. This is Vintage Racing Today. I am an assistant principal by day job, but by hobby, I am a vintage racer. I'm a submarine senior chief. I'm a singer with the ESADC, the robot. I restore vintage Mercedes. That's why we race the Mercedes. Wanted to go racing, and I figured finish was the way to go. You build the car one time, and the rules never change. It gets in your blood, and I just wanted to come back and do something that was exciting again. Uh, you know, vintage racing is something you can drop into really at all ages, but a lot of us older guys can, can do it and be competitive. And I love old cars, especially the 60s. You know, that's the cars when I was a kid that, that I always dreamed about. <laughs> vintage racing in the past, I've seen magazines on the racks, but I really had no no idea what it was all about. I'm so happy this morning. I got uh, here I am, uh, where the heck am I? There I am. So I'm halfway up. So once I start using second and getting myself embedded into the car, I'm hoping to, to go upwards. Huh? And is that what you're racing against? Are you racing against your time? My time. I'm not racing against anybody else. How about you, Phil? Do you have anything in mind you want to accomplish this race? Yeah, I want to win. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if you can bring it home in one piece, you've won. My championship hat. They gave that to you? Yeah, that's for winning the race, yeah. You're always racing the car in front of you or the car behind you. You know, if you got it, if you're competitive at all, someone comes up behind you, you see them in the mirror, you get more, naturally get more aggressive. Alan Taylor from The Drive, nationally syndicated radio talk show, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm your show host, Robert. And the reason I'm giggling is because Artie Fletcher's in the house, as usual, because his show follows ours, and he's staring at me, giving me one of those funky looks. Hi, Artie. How you doing? He's waving. Anyway, Cedric, how you doing tonight? 
I'm, they're keeping me busy, man. They're, they're you keeping got me the, busy. You got the bug all straightened out in the computer? What? 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 Or he's and, like, don't talk about you're having technical problems. What? I've got, it's under control. It's under it's control. It's under control. Okay. Hey, run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. And don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can check out our website and go to the podcast section, and you can hear all the great shows. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. Okay, that's uh, kind of like the big thing these days. And uh, we still have a few shirts left. Actually, I've been to a number of shows here lately, and I'm down to like about 10 shirts left. So I'm going to get ready to run another order. So that's pretty good. Also, we have decals. And uh, we got a great show for you tonight. We've got a number of guests coming on because there's a number of events coming up this uh, next couple of weekends. Actually, it's the busiest time of the year for all the guys in the car business. You know, all us collector car guys. But... There's a number one event that's taking place here on November 2nd. It's called the Born to Ride Jam. It takes place in uh, our own little backyard here in Penelope. Pen- I always say Penelope Park, but it's Penelope Park. Nobody's going to get mad. Art's giving me, Artie's giving me that dirty look again. Meanwhile, he's stuffing some food in his face. Hey, Artie. <laughs> oh, he's got bubble gum. Okay. Well, at any rate, uh, Born to Ride Jam. Wow. Our friends there, uh, Danny Coker from Counting Cars will be there. Katie Seagal from, well, she's probably best known from um, Married with Children, but she's also on the TV show now. I guess it's Sons of Anarchy. Bad Company's going to be there. Joan Jett's going to be there. Foghat's going to be there. The Black Widow. The Black Widow, which I guess she's a pool Jeanette chick. Jeanette Lee. Jeanette Lee. Okay. Yeah. And who else? Did I miss somebody? Oh, Molly Hatchet. Oh, yeah, Molly Hatchet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got a number of people. It's Paul all, Rogers. Paul, well, yeah, of course, Paul Rogers and Bad Company, and oh, uh, Molly Hatchet. Molly Hatchet. Yeah, I said uh, that. Black, blackberry smoke, something berry smoke. Yeah. yeah, black. Okay, so anyway, hey, but everybody needs to show up there in November, and of and course, our very own Artie Fletcher will be guest hosting. He will be the MC there. So if you if you if you dare to sit close, Artie will definitely pick on you, won't you, Artie? He's shaking his head, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so at any rate, but let me tell you what else is going on, okay? Not only do we have that going on, this weekend in Lakeland is the Mirror Lake Classic Concourse, which is put on by our friends over at Heacock Insurance. That uh, actually starts Friday. There's some events going on, so you can Google it, the Mirror Lake Classic Concourse, or Lake Mirror, I should say, Lake Mirror Classic in Lakeland. You know, it never ceases to amaze me. I have notes, and I still say this stuff backwards, or bass backwards, as they say. Uh, the Lake Mirror Classic Automobile Festival. Anyway, on Sunday, uh, Alan Galbraith and his crew from Billetproof will be over to Lakeland Drags, and we've got some vintage drag racing going on. So basically, it's run what you brought. Now, let me tell you about this. I've been to a number of Billetproof events, okay? And basically what it is, it's like old-school hot riding. So if your car is like pre-64, then I'll let you slide 65, 66. But anyway, so if you got a pre-64, 65 car... Any old school hot rod, anything you whip together, my favorite, boneyard style, or, uh, yeah, we use the term rat rod these days too. But anyway, so if you got something that at least will get itself down the track, you can go out there, and I forget what the fees are, but you go visit the website, billetproof.com, and you can have a whole heck of a lot of fun. Now, we're thinking about taking the Pinto wagon over there. If you go to our Facebook page, there's a big picture of our 73 Pinto bean. And if they'll let me run that thing down the track, and if I can get the radiator fixed in the meantime, I will be tearing up the track with my mighty two-liter four-speed. Of course, I drove by the studio here the other day, and everybody just kind of laughed and giggled and said, what? A Pinto? I mean, it's bad enough you got a Pinto, but 
a uh, wagon? I don't think people really were laughing. They weren't laughing at the pinto wagon. I think I think a couple people were impressed. They're like, were they? It's yeah. actually it's actually in pretty good shape. I used to keep it out in Arizona, and I used to buzz around with it and uh, haul my parts. It was my parts chaser, and then finally my cousin moved to Colorado, and then I had to retrieve it and bring it back to Florida. Now he's back in Arizona, so I might just drag it back out there again, leave it out there. But at any rate, um, and what they do too is it's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of comical because there is a swap meet. There's all kinds of old school vintage hot rods, dragsters, slingshots, whatever you want. It's just like old school stuff. But a lot of guys will sit there and bring out mini bikes, lawnmowers, just all kinds of stuff that run down the track. So we're thinking about bringing. We have access to a Honda fifty, a Z fifty, and we also have a Honda Trail seventy. So if I can talk my buddy Don into dragging those things over to the racetrack, him and I might do a shootout. Me on the fifty, I'll look like Magilla Gorilla. And he'll be on the 70. And uh, so that should be pretty interesting. <laughs> no. But anyway, but it's it's all fun and games. It's a lot of fun. It starts like around 10 o'clock in the morning. goes to like about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, I think they even have trophies. So uh, check out Bulletproof. That's a lot of fun. All right. Also, another big event that's taking place is on Hilton Head Island. Okay, it's called the Hilton Head Island Motoring Festival. Anyway, it takes place. It's kind of like a speedway thing. And it started out years ago as just a concourse and a charity event. But now it's evolved into like a two-week venue. So like next weekend, they'll have the vintage races and they teamed up with HSR. And then the following weekend, they'll have the concourse. So And later in the program, we've got a, a lady coming on and she's the president of the uh, Hilton Head Island Motoring Festival and Concourse Elegance, I should say it right. And uh, so she'll kind of uh, like bring us up to speed on that. Also, later in the show, we've got a gentleman coming on from SEMA because SEMA, which is one of my favorite shows, and it's November 5th through the 8th. Okay, so we have a gentleman coming on talking a little bit about SEMA and all the cool events that are going to take place there. Also, next month in Pasco County, don't forget there's Bug Jam, all you VW guys and bus guys and 356 guys like myself. It's November 10th. Okay, put that on your calendar. As a matter of fact, if you go to our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, I have an events page there, okay, a calendar, and you can always check the calendar and see what events are taking place. Now, I don't highlight every little event, like sometimes there's Webster and some small little car shows and weekend stuff, and like on Thursday nights over here, Quaker's taking lube on 49th Street. Or like this Saturday is the uh, Cars and Coffee at the DuPont Registry over off of uh, Almerton Road. I don't always highlight those. I just highlight kind of the bigger events and venues that uh, I think would be really interesting to people, and and venues that basically have some really cool stuff. Themes, for instance, featured marks, things that are one-off, very rare, very unusual, very historical, racing, uh, the celebrities, the personalities, the designers, the builders, the drivers, special exhibits, demonstrations, rallies, test drives. Uh, that's what makes these shows so really, really interesting is because they only come out for special events, and that gives everybody an opportunity to meet and experience what's going on. And don't forget the geographic locations. I mean, look, you might be in Michigan, you might be in South Carolina, you might be in Georgia, you might be in Florida, you might be in California, you might be in Texas. I mean, it's really, really, really cool. It's a fun experience. It gives you an opportunity to travel with the family, and there's always something there for everybody and that's why these events are so special and so much fun and provide lasting memories i mean it really is it truly is it's a lot of fun i mean i know when i go and travel you know i take my family with me you know my son's into the cars my wife's into the cars uh not as much as she used to be but uh you know there's always something for her to do too so you know that's important too and that's what makes these uh these functions so family oriented anyway let's see what do we got we got uh nobody on the phone right now okay i was going to say that i actually have tickets for the born to ride concert okay so you, you do have a caller that i think is unrelated to that 
Unrelated to that? I think it's, I think it's about your car, maybe. My car? Yeah, somebody, I think. Want to, somebody want to make fun of my pen No, let's see. You're on the air. I'm on the air? Okay, who's on the air? You're on the air. Hey, um, yeah, are you the, uh, the, the blue Pinto? I am the blue Vega? Pinto. Yes, it's a Pinto, not a Vega. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, once I put my glasses on, I realized it was a... Uh, a mighty Pinto? Yeah, I just said uh, Pee Wee Herman wants his car back. Wants his car back. Well, he's not going to get that one. The only thing he'll get is a bicycle and a, this, and, it, and a ticket to a movie theater. Is this a classic radio and cars? No, 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 no. It's classic no, radio and cars? No, no, no. It's nostalgic radio and no, cars. No, hey, no, and now no, it's cl- it's classic radio and cars because there's two cool things in the world: is classic radio and classic cars. And now there's right. And now on the phone, we're going to network this. And now there's somebody who wants to win tickets, but already won tickets, but oh, he's trying no, again. No, nope. one set of tickets per customer Sorry, Rob, per one, call. In. One set of tickets. Yeah. Hey, is that radio, Rob? What? Yeah, this is Radio Rob. Hey, Radio I'm Rob, I'll tell you what. Here, here's you already won tickets on the Artie Fletcher on, show. Steady, steady, steady. You won tickets on the Artie Fletcher wait, show. Wait, Artie, I mean, uh, 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 Rob, here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's what I'm going to do for you. <laughs> I'm going to be at SEMA in a couple weeks, and when I get to SEMA, I will hunt down Courtney Hansen for you, okay? And I will get her autographed picture for you this year, okay? So, hey, now here's a cool song coming up. This is ZZ Top. Got to get paid! Right? Yeah, man. All right. Hey, we'll be right back. You're tuning to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And we're going to bring our first guest on here in the short short. A 25 lighters on my dresser. Yes, sir. You know I got to get paid. A 25 lighters on my dresser. Yes, sir. You know I got to get paid. For my 25 folks Gonna break the bank Better gonna fight more to rip the suits With 25 flows I got 25 lighters Well, don't you know mm-hmm. 25 white diamonds In my ring
Also, Blackberry Smoke, Foghat, Molly Hatchet, and David Allen Coe. Joan Jett of the Blackhearts and Paul Rogers. Meet Sons of Anarchy stars Katie Seagal, Theo Rossi, and Kim Coates. Paul Rogers and Joan Jett of the Blackhearts. Plus, counting car stars Danny the Count Coker and Kevin Mack. Joan Jett of the Blackhearts. And Paul Rogers. Don't wait. Hurry and get your tickets now. At FordToRideJam.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for takeout order at 727-501-9090 that's 727-501-9090 they truly have the best smoking barbecue in town oh and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce that's the rib shack barbecue in downtown largo 727-501-9090 i'm telling robert from nostalgic radio and car sent you i used to uh feel as though the fellas were really for me, you know, really wanted me to uh, stay in the top fuel ranks. But uh, there seems to be a lot of sour grapes as far as the boys are concerned. I love beating them. That is the reason I'm staying in it. And here is Shirley Cha-Cha Maldowney, the only woman licensed to drive a top fuel dragster. They think it's a male sport. It's not a male sport. It's just that, you know, I'm a race car driver. I just happen to be a woman. That's all. doesn't make any difference. Well, I'm a target. It's like one of them old gunfighters of the West, constantly everyone's taking a shot at you. And every run that I make when I go to the line in competition, the guy that races me gives it his best shot. Before drag racing, where I come from in Florida, they didn't have a drag strip, and we drag raced on the streets. Of course, we got a lot of trouble doing that, and that's why we got our local drag strip, which was in those days just an old abandoned Air Force runway. anybody could go racing that really had a, an intention to do so. The cars themselves, $1,000 would be a tremendous amount of money to spend on a car. I myself started out with a single unblown Buick engine, went to a dual unblown engined car, then one blown and one unblown engine. The next step was four engines. After that, it seemed to be a little ridiculous. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. 
Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It is time to introduce our first guest for the evening. Uh, this gentleman has been around for a number of years. He's a supercar guy. He is probably best recognized for his uh, work that he does within the SEMA organization. He is the Action Network Director for SEMA. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show this afternoon, Colby Martin. Colby, are you there? I am, Robert. Good to speak with you, man. How are you doing? I got your email, and I saw the picture of your 58 Ford truck. I dig it, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, and I also saw a little note there, which uh, you're building a 32 Ford Model A coupe. And when I, when you when you made the notation there about the uh, deuce rails, I know what the deuce rails are because they got a little lip on them. But go ahead and tell our listeners what the the trick why people really into, and that's a one year only frame, the 1932 Ford, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, it's actually a SoCal Speed Shop frame, and um, the difference between the 32 and all the others, especially under the Model A, is that instead of being only four inches tall and narrow, tucked underneath the body, they actually contoured the body, and the fenders would mount right to the frame. The frame is also six inches uh, tall, so it gives it kind of more of a deuce look, um, even though the body is much more affordable as a Model A. So, yeah, we, we are trying to get that thing done and on the road. Well, as they say in the hot rod world, what kind of mills are you running? Well, she's got a 348 big block Chevy with a uh, tri-power on the top and then uh, backed by a Hurst 4-speed Muncie and a 9-inch buggy sprung rear end. Wow, okay, that's good. A 348, that's different for a change. At least you didn't go the typical small block Chevrolet route. That's kind of cool. Yeah, no, it uh, it used to be a boat engine. It came out of a 58 Impala, and I'm just uh, really, really stoked to be running it in the car. Super. Now, what do you got under the hood of the uh, 58 Ford truck? That does have a small block in it. Um, I used it for years as my daily driver and my uh, the car that I drove to school in and commuted and everything. And so I had to yank the original Y block out of it and stuffed in a small block Chevy. And it's gone to Bonneville and done El Mirage countless times. And it's been a really fun vehicle. Wow. Now, hey, let's jump into SEMA real quick, and then we'll talk a little bit more about hot rods. Uh, you're the Action Network Director for SEMA. So what exactly is your capacity and your function? What do you, exactly do you do there for them? So basically, the SEMA Action Network is our grassroots mobilizing unit. And so it's a completely free network. And basically, what we're doing is letting everyone in every state that's a part of the network know what their state legislature is up to. So basically, folks sign up for free, and they are involved and informed on what's going on in the state legislatures. And if there's something going on in their state, we drop what we're doing, and we send them an email and let them know what the bill is, whether it's good or bad for our hobby. And then we tell them exactly what con- uh, lawmaker contacts are responsible for the bill's fate. So uh, it's a very effective group. It's been around since 1997. Now, you, when you said that, it's like you're not just talking about California and Nevada, for example. You're talking about all 50 states in the United States, correct? All 50 states in Canada, yes, sir. Oh, Canada even? Yeah, we take a look at Canada. We work with some of the big uh, car club councils up there. And, uh, you know, there's not their, their legislatures are a lot different than ours in the states here. But we are keeping a tra- in, uh, on track with that, as well as the uh, federal stuff. You know, we've got ethanol fuel and things like that that are happening at the federal level. So we monitor all of it and we take action when need be. Well, let me ask you this. Um, are you up on all the states or are you just up on a few states that you kind of specialize in? You know, um, in this day and age, for the most part, our hobby is not the primary target. We kind of tend to be a target when they feel like there's a little bit of money to be made. Mm -hmm. But generally, in the scope of the hundreds of bills that come across the desks of the the different state lawmakers, very few of them actually impact our hobby and are going to affect in any great way. However, when they do, we're absolutely on top of it. And so if you go to SEMASTAN.com, 
there's an alerts link there, and you can see um, all the action alerts that we sent this year to all the different states. So you don't necessarily have to be a SEMA member. You just basically just log in or or uh, uh, visit the website, and you can get the information, correct? Exactly, right. So basically the difference is that SEMA, and the trade show is coming up here in a few weeks, um, SEMA is a business-to-business organization, and so that show, for example, is not open to the public. Um, basically, it's a place where businesses go to sort of do business. They go there because they know that's the candy store for everything that's gearhead related that they want to stock in their store. So they go there to check out the cars, the latest products, the celebrities, and all that. So basically, the Action Network is an offshoot of what we do with our businesses because by uh, your listeners and everybody else involved, speaking out to their lawmakers about exactly how we feel about a particular bill, that in turn is going to protect the industry and allow us to enjoy the hobby that we have. Okay, now um, you and I had talked a little earlier about ethanol. Now that's a big issue. Are you up on the laws and what's happening in Florida? Because I think our governor, on a federal level, they're mandating ethanol, but supposedly on state levels, a lot of the state legislations are uh, refusing to to abide by the, the national law the federal law that says that we have to have uh, ethanol in our fuel. And those of us that are hot rodders and have cars, obviously we are totally opposed to it. So why don't you shed some uh, some light on that issue? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, to kind of catch your listeners up on what ethanol is, in case they don't know, basically it's gasoline blended with a percentage of corn-based fuel. And so we make that here in the States, and that's a good thing to wean us off of foreign oil. However, we found that cars of, of a particular vintage prior to 2001 are, are at big risk of running this uh, fuel for a couple of reasons. And the big one is because it tends to create water formation in the fuel system. And so for cars that are running on carburetors and have um, any kind of metallic fuel lines going to all the different um, components in the fuel system – and they sit around for any great length of time, that ethanol is basically starting to rust out those components and eat away at some of the other um, components like rubbers and other materials. And so that's why we basically like um, renewable fuels, but we don't feel like this is a very good one for guys like you and I that are interested in running vintage vehicles. And so um, the last several years, they've seen an increase in ethanol. So right now, um, a lot of the country is trying to blend up to 10% ethanol fuel into the gas uh, supply. However, um, to meet the renewable fuel standards requirements at the federal level, they're trying to up that now to 15% and continue the ball rolling in favor of that. And so what you mentioned was states are speaking out against that, too, because basically the fuel suppliers should have the choice um, based on what the customer wants. And so your state there in Florida is definitely at the cutting edge of this issue by basically saying that, hey, you have a, a service station, you should be allowed to choose what you put in the tanks without having to retrofit any of your equipment. And so um, Florida is one of them. Maine uh, also earlier this year spoke out against the issue, and, and there's some legislation on our website about that. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is the ethanol is actually blended at the distributor. So when the oil, when the fuel comes in and it's dropped off, let's just say, for example, in our case, we have McMullen oil, okay? So they get the fuel dropped in. Then what they're required to do is add the 10% or 15% ethanol. So it doesn't come from Shell or Hess or Standard Oil or whoever it might be. 
it's actually done here locally or or in regional areas. Exactly, right. And we want the states to have the choice rather than a federal mandate. So we've asked for a repeal of the renewable fuel standard to reflect that. And that's exactly why we need folks to get on the website, get involved with the cause, because once it's a federal issue, it affects everybody. And so what happens in one state can easily happen in another, for better or for worse. But if we could at least get the federal standard to be a little bit more reasonable and um, allow us to enjoy our vehicles that we don't drive every day, um, I think that would be a win for all of us. Now, you know, in the old days, um, there was always the discussion about, uh, you know, running moonshine, which is essentially a form of ethanol, I guess you could say. But it's got a different percentage, and supposedly it's got a higher content and less. It doesn't tend to condense, you know, turn to water like this stuff that they're using today. And then you hear stories about, let's say, for example, in South America. And, I, and again, I don't know enough about it, so that's why I'm relying on you to kind of coach me here a little bit. But supposedly, let's say, for example, the ethanol that they blend or that they um, uh, produce in, in South America, for example, specifically I think it's Brazil, has a higher Let's just say potency, for lack of a better word. Can you shed some light on that? Am I uh, am I going in the right direction here? Yes. Um, I don't know exactly about that country's um, standard, but for example, um, you'll find gas stations around the country and um, even the automakers touting E85. And basically what that is is 85% corn ethanol fuel blended with the other um, you know, normal gas. For, for lack of a better term. And so basically the higher percentage of corn ethanol in the gasoline, the higher the number. And so that's what E15 is. It's 15% blended. E85 is um, 85% blended. And the interesting thing is that the new cars can take this stuff no problem. You know, we're not worried about them. We're worried about our hobby vehicles that generally see action only on the weekends, going to car shows and parades and cruises and things of that nature. And so that's why we, we want to see the standard change to reflect that, because we're not worried about the E85 vehicles. Those are specially scientifically balanced and formulated to handle the fuel and use it every single day. And so that's, that's the distinction that we're trying to make, is that you, what's good for newer vehicles isn't good for all of us. What other alternatives are there on the market right now? I mean, you can still get racing fuel. You can still buy 100 octane. In fact, the other day, I think I bought some 96 octane. It was unleaded. I could actually pull up to the pump and buy uh, non-ethanol. And then they you can always obviously buy racing fuel, Sunoco or, uh, you know, VP or something like that. So and what the thing that kind of I find interesting about the whole thing is why is there such a price discrepancy in terms of, you know, having the higher octane fuel versus the lower octane fuel, when in reality, it really shouldn't cost much more to produce the other one. And in fact, that, that'll take us to, to diesel, for example, which is basically uh, bottom of the barrel, you know, so to speak. And if anything, that should be 25 cents a gallon, you know, because exactly. it's, it's almost leftover pure oil. But anyway, so what other alternatives out there are there on the market right now that you know of that uh, would be of interest to uh, you know those of us in the classic car business? Well, basically, we're we're focused on this one um, because none of the other ones are backed up by any sort of legislation. Okay. Um, and and one of the primary things that we tell folks that are are in states where there is heavy uh, ethanol blending is that there are stabilizers out there that basically um, mix into the fuel. Obviously, you have to buy it, so it costs you a little bit extra. But you can mix in these stabilizers on the market, and that will reduce the ethanol um, content significantly because of how it chemically uh, formulates within, uh, within the blend. 
um, if you do happen to be in, a, in like, for example, the Midwest, where there is a lot of uh, ethanol being blended, just go ahead and make sure that you're buying a stabilizer and putting that in your, uh, your old rod. So what exactly is the sentiment up in Washington on a state level as far as the pros and cons to the ethanol issue? Um, you'll have to ask me a little bit differently. I didn't, didn't quite understand. Okay, so in other words, I mean, are they receptive to being a little bit lax on the ethanol rules? Yes, and one of the interesting things about this battle is that there are a lot of different industries and a lot of different interest groups um, within it. So um, on one hand, you have you know the farmers that want more ethanol because it gives them more sales. However, you have um, you know environmentalists and the auto industry and all of us kind of fighting over similar turf, but in different circumstances. And so after repeated um, uh, lawsuits and things of that nature, and these different um, uh, uh, bills that are being proposed and things like that. Basically, the um, the federal government is starting to realize that maybe this isn't the perfect solution to the renewable fuel standard and um, our dependence on for- foreign oil. So they are listening to us, but it's going to re- require more and more effort on our part to continue to tell them exactly why this is a bad thing, you know, for um, our interest group. Well, such as the cars. I mean, the guys that have lawnmowers, the guys that run anything with internal combustion cylinders or anything that uses motors. I mean, any kind of, uh, you know, uh, tools. I don't care if it's chainsaws, like you said, lawnmowers, uh, golf carts, uh, just anything, you know. I mean, uh, implements, you know, farm equipment, all that stuff that runs uh, fuel that's got ethanol mixed into it and it's non-conducive to it is obviously going to present a problem. Right, right. Because again, those are engines that don't get used every day. Those are engines that will often sit in the garage for some time before they're used again. And so as the gasoline isn't being burned, it's basically sitting in the fuel system and creating corrosion on various uh, components of it. So yeah, absolutely. There is a lot of different um, uh, components to this battle, but you know that's why we need everybody to continue uh, hammering them and letting them know exactly how we feel and how, how this fuel is affecting us. Okay, good. Hey, let's jump into the, uh, go back to a little bit about you, Colby. And uh, I was reading where you, uh, your dad was a hot rodder too, kind of, and he got you into the thing and you used to go to Pomona and to some of the dry lake stuff. So tell us, uh, we got a, f- a minute or two, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. Um, my dad was uh, was a native here in Southern California region and was always doing the, the all the drag racing and sprint car racing and all that stuff. Never, never as a profession or anything, just for fun. Mm-hmm. And was always running around with guys building cars and tinkering with stuff. You know, we used to take sand rails out to the, uh, the sand dunes and things like that. So it's always kind of been in the blood. And uh, I just decided that, well, I couldn't, fa- I couldn't think of a better way to make a living than get in the auto industry, particularly the specialty side of it. So that's why I'm here doing what I'm doing. Do you get to go out to the dry lakes and run your cars? Yeah, I've actually driven a, a race car once. Um, I used to be part of a SoCal Speed Shop and Jimmy Shine's uh, dry lakes team and uh, got to turn uh, 167 miles an hour on the dirt out there. And we drove the car to Bonneville and then raced it and had all kinds of fun with it. So uh, these days we have we don't do that anymore. We don't have the car, but um, we still get together and cruise on the streets and take our cars to the beach and things like that. Well, that's cool. Now, just real quickly, the driving on the dry lakes, which is basically uh, uh, a lake bed, okay, as opposed to Bonneville, which is a salt bed, basically. I mean, uh, any what's the differences? 
Yeah, the the Salt Flats is a different thing because it, it too is a dry lake, but it's much bigger. It's about 100 miles long, and every year for Speed Week, um, the hot rodders take a little corner of it near Wendover in the northwest corner, and basically go out there and do you know turn the big times. Um, but the dry lakes racing uh, preceded Bonneville by many decades. Uh, the guys back in the teens and 20s were driving their, their street roadsters out to the dry lake beds. There were a few of them. Um, El Mirage was one of them. Muroc was one of them. And there are a couple others. And basically, they formed the Southern California Timing Association that then went on to run the Bonneville races as well. But the dry lakes are cool because it's basically completely flat, but, it com- but also completely natural. And it's just a very, very fine silt out there. And the water evaporates and basically creates this perfectly level racing atmosphere. And we all go out there and basically clean the track down, um, pick up all of the cans and bottles and other trash, make sure that the racers have a good, uh, good track to run their cars and basically run today like it was 80 years ago. Wow, that's super. I'm going to have to check that out one of these days. I've been often invited to go out there, but I just never, never, never had a chance to make it. Colby, why don't you give us uh, the website one more time? Talk about, real quickly, just t- so people, if they want to follow up on this uh, ethanol issue. All right. Well, it's SEMASAN.com. That's S-E-M-A-S-A-N.com. And, uh, yeah, we could use all your listener support. Go on the website. There's a button to join. It's no fees, no obligations, no spam, nothing like that. We want to mobilize for 2014's legislative battles all over the country. So please get on there and help us help the cause out. Okay, well, super. Hey, Colby, I want to thank you for uh, taking a few minutes to hang out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And I will see you in a couple of weeks in SEMA. All right, Robert, looking forward to it, man. Thanks for having me. Okay, take care. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Jimmy Shine from SoCal Speed Shop and the host of Car Warriors. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. Hey, uh, you know what? we got another guest coming on here in a second or two, but let me tell you what I had to do this weekend, or over the, uh, a couple days ago. Um, I'm riding bicycles every once in a while, you know, because the cost of fuel is ridiculous. But anyway, have you have any, has anybody recently bought any tires for the bicycle? I mean, it's just amazing. I went to Walmart the other day, and I went to get a tires for my kid's bike, okay? It's an older bike. It actually was bought, my dad bought it new. It was a, it's a Sears, I guess they call it a Freestyle or Free Spirit or something like that. So I went over to Walmart thinking that, you know, I'm going to get a pretty good deal on tires. A couple bucks or so. Although, keep in mind, I haven't bought any tires in a while, and cost of everything's gone up. And a new tire there, all wadded up in some little box made in China or Taiwan or wherever it was, someplace in the Far East, okay, was 21 bucks for a 26-inch slash inch and three-eighths uh, bicycle tire. And it wasn't even a gumball. This is an older bike, so they got the old gumballs. I'm sure you guys remember those. Those are the ones that have, like, the, the little yellow slash look like a white wall type thing on it or yellow wall on the side. So they didn't have any gumballs. And then I went and looked at the price on the tubes, and the tube was like 11 bucks. So now think about this. I got to buy two bicycle tires. Okay. So we're talking 42, 43, 44 bucks. And then two, two more tubes. So I'm over 60 bucks. So I'm almost 70 bucks for a set of bicycle tires. And then I start looking at all the bikes that are there. And, uh, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, how advanced these things are. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm working on a bike that's probably 30 years old or something like that. So anyway, just because I'm kind of curious and I'm thrifty and I'm kind of a shopper, I went uh, the next day. I went over to my friends over at uh, Chainwheel Drive, which is uh, Chainwheel Drive Bicycle over here on um, on Drew Street. My old friend Tom Jessup and I wandered in there and I told him uh, I need I need to match up these tires. And uh, sure enough, they had some tires there. And then they were telling me about uh, whether is my bike a Schwinn? Is it a you know a standard uh, 26 and uh, an inch and three eighths tire wheel slash whatever? And I. Th- 
I said, well, to the best of my knowledge, it's not a Schwinn. And I said, why? He says, because a Schwinn has an oddball-sized tire. It's actually 7 millimeters, which is doesn't sound like a lot, but it's enough to keep your tire from fitting on the rim right. Uh, 7 millimeter difference in diameter. So that's kind of an oddball thing. So if any of you guys got Schwinn bicycles, just be sure and when you go to get tires, you got to be specific that you got a Schwinn bicycle. Nonetheless, they had the bicycle tires that I needed and the tube. So I bought two tubes and two tires. And, uh, hey, I was out of there for less than uh, 40 bucks, like 35 bucks. So that worked out real good. Hey, one of the things I'm thinking about doing, and I'll post this on my website or Facebook, I'm thinking about doing a little bicycle trip. I'm thinking about getting all my guys together, all my listeners, all my customers, all my friends, and let's do a bicycle trip someplace on the trail, maybe up to Wald Lake or Wald Park, or whatever it is up there in Newport Ritchie or Tarpon Springs or wherever it is. But stick around. I'll put that on my website. We'll find out more about it. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We'll be right back. And I have my next guest waiting in the lines for us. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my good friend, William Helfrich. He's a lawyer and a darn good one at that. He specializes in medical malpractice, social security issues, and probate. His credentials are exceptional. He is a former JAG, yes, a military lawyer, sworn to uphold the law to the highest ethical standards. For over 20 years, he was an attorney for the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Give Bill a call at 727-831-5312. That's 727-831-5312. Let William Helfrich help you make informed legal choices. Okay, it's time for shout-outs. Let's start with our friends over at Cop Cars Online. Give them a call if you want a really cool squad car. Say hi to Mark and John. Okay, give them a call at 727-536-2677. Be sure and check out their website, Cop Cars Online. 
Also, a big shout-out to my friends over at Forte's Inboard and Auto Marine. Give them a call down at 66th Street if you need your ski boat fixed or anything with an inboard outboard or your hot rod, your muscle car, your classic car. Dom and his family can do a super, super job straightening all of your problems out with your cars and make it run like brand new like the day it rolled off the showroom floor. Give them a call at 727-544-6440. That's 727-544-6440. And here's a pluggy for Dougie, my buddy at the sign shop. We did an amazing job on our decals, on our banner. Give Dougie a call at the sign shop. He's down on Madeira Beach, 727-392-4852. That's 727-392-4852. And, of course, you know, Wednesdays is Rib Shack Wednesday. So for the best ribs in town over in Largo... 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. That's my friends over at the Rib Shack Barbecue. And a big shout out to my friend over at Your Pizza Shop. That's Mark and his gang. 727-581-1101. That's 727-581-1101 for a great pizza and all things Italian. A big shout out to our friends over at Close to Kids. What an amazing organization there. Uh, they are located up on Hercules Avenues, 1059 Hercules Avenue. The number is 727-441-5050. That's 727-441-5050. They provide clothing for children in need, children that are, you know, from families that are experiencing some real difficult times right now because the economy is still soft. So what they do is they provide a week's worth of clothing for children twice a year. So that's actually two weeks worth of clothing for kids that, uh, you know, school clothing for kids that uh, really are coming from families that have a hard time. So if you've got any clothing that you're not wearing that are still decent, you know, particularly guys, because you know how guys are. We wear our stuff out until they're just threads. I mean, I'm notorious for that. My stuff's got holes in it like you wouldn't believe. It's like I got giant moths in my clothing. But anyway, so if you got jeans or slacks or shoes or shirts, please give my friends at Close to Kids a call. Their number again is 727-441-5050. It's a great organization to donate your stuff to. Uh, they take girls' clothing as well, and uh, it's for a good cause. So uh, keep that in mind. Close to Kids. Help them out. It's definitely a much-needed and worthy cause. Hey, here's a cool song. This is uh, Dreamboat Andy by Heart. Matter of fact, I saw them last month in concert when I was at the B.R. Cone Fall Music Festival with Bad Company. Our friend Paul Rogers will be here on November 2nd in Pinellas Park. And uh, Doobie Brothers and Jim Blossoms and uh, Pablo Cruz. But anyway, hey, this is a cool song. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and we will be right back with our special guest. Oh, any dreamboat, any ship of dreams.
four glorious events, one incredible destination. Experience the speed on Savannah's Hutchinson Island. Journey through the past and into the future. See over 200 muscle cars, hot rods, and more. And the climax, 150 of the finest vintage automobiles competing for best of show. Four glorious events, one incredible destination. The Hilton Head Island Concord Elegance and Motoring Festival. Purchase tickets online today. Hi, I'm Barry McGuire, host of Car Crazy Television, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Video and Cars, and it's time to introduce our next guest for the evening. This lovely lady is president of the Hilton Head Island Motoring Festival and Concourse d'Elegance. Now, that is an amazing event. You guys need to Google that, okay? I've been looking forward to it for a long time. I've been to Pebble Beach. I've been to Michigan, but I've been to Amelia, and I've been to a number of concourses around the country. But this one is really starting to gain some traction and it's been around for, I think, 14 years now. But uh, I'd like to welcome Carolyn to the show. Carolyn, are you there? I sure am, Robert. Thank you. Well, tell us about the Hilton Head Island Motoring Festival Concourse d'Elegance. And you are the president of that organization, correct? I sure am. I sure am. Yeah, I've actually been doing this now for 10 years. Hard to believe. And the event is just taking off. We're so excited. It's actually 10 days until we start. And actually, next weekend is uh, the race to start, right? Well, that's right. They they start on the 24th of October, and um, that is our test and tune day, and the races are uh, the 25th through the 27th of October, and that is called the Savannah Speed Classic. And, you know, what's great fun about it is we are the only race that takes place on this racetrack, which is across from downtown Savannah. And it's actually a track that was built in 1997 and only had one race. It was an indie race that was won by Helio Castroneves. And seven years ago, we reopened this track, and it has really taken off. We're really excited about it. So, how did the whole Hilton Head concourse come about? Tell us, take us a little bit, take us back in history here well, a little you know, bit. It's interesting. I mean, the event has been going on now for um, it. Actually, we're in our 12th year. Uh, you said 14. We're getting there. It's 12 years, okay. and. Uh, you know, it, it's really interesting because, um, you know, Hilton Head's sort of really known for beaches, golf, and tennis. And uh, and yet we really have a lot of collectors in the area. They're very subtle. They're kind of hidden behind, you know, plantation gates and garages. And and really, um, you know, it's amazing with Charleston and Savannah and the whole area, um, we realized that there were a lot of collectors in the area, but we also realized what a wonderful place to attract people to come to Hilton Head in the fall and see this amazing event. And so the event started um, 12 years ago with a local car club that partnered with the Symphony Orchestra and said, hey, let's come up with a fundraising event. But I think what's so wonderful about it is from day one they said, you know, we want it to be a multi-day event. We want it to be a destination for people to have a reason to come to Hilton Head in the fall. And so from the very beginning, um, it's actually a two-day event, and Saturday, which, and by the way, the Hilton Head event is the 2nd and 3rd of November. So Saturday, which is the 2nd, is a car club day. So, But it, it's interesting. We invite car clubs from all over the country um, to bring in a basically a sampling of cars from these car clubs. Um, 
But we say that they're all invited, and we say, you know, we want interesting cars, we want diversity, we want legacy behind the cars. So the Saturday show has become really as popular as the Sunday show, which is the Concert Delegon. And it's, it's turned out to, it's really interesting because we now have 20% of the people that come in for this event are coming in for nine days or more. So they're coming in and now they're seeing the races, they're coming over to Hilton Head. And it's all about not only the cars, but sort of the lifestyle of the island. So we really feel like we've gotten a brand that's very unique for Hilton Head. The, uh, the, so it started out originally like just a, just a handful of cars. I mean, how many cars showed up for the first event, for example? Well, you know, it's interesting because we, right from the very beginning, it, what's so wonderful and what, something I really admire about sort of the forefathers of the event, of course, I came in a couple of years later, is right from the beginning they said, you know, we, we started off with about, I think there were probably about 100 cars that were on the show field. And this, we were talking about 100 cars on Saturday and 100 cars on Sunday. And, you know, what they said is that we really need to have top cars. We want cars that are the finest that we can find. So, you know, a lot went into the fact that it was very selective from the very beginning. And, you know, whether it would be Saturday or Sunday, that the cars that were invited in were really top-quality competitive cars. And I think that was really important. Um, the Sunday show, again, as I said, it was around 100, 120 cars. But what they did is they got top judges, car, judges that had been judging at Pebble Beach or Amelia Island, or as you mentioned, the, the show that was Meadowbrook, which is now the St. John Concours up in Detroit. Everyone came in um, really that were top quality in terms of how they looked at this event. Um, I think that was so important. So even in the early days, and I think at that time there were probably maybe 2,000 spectators that came in, and we are now expecting this year to have about 16,000 people coming into Hilton Head. So the early days, they were still top quality vehicles. And I think now, you know, where the event has come is we now have a real following of folks that want to come to, into Hilton Head, and we now have about 175 to 200 cars on Saturday, and we have about 175 cars that are there on Sunday for the Concours. So it really, you know, they really started this show off well, which I think was so important in terms of what it's become today. Is there a limit to how many cars you can have on the field on Sunday for the Concours? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. You know, and you know what's interesting, Robert, too, there's a huge change that's taken place this year is the event um, started at an old plantation. Um, you know, you sort of think of the South and the whole low country of Hilton Head and the whole region, that the event started off on a beautiful um, plantation. But what we found is now um, folks were sort of saying, hey, Hilton Head's got 30 golf courses. You know, why don't you all think about moving this event? To a golf course and being near a resort and all of that. So, so now we have just this year moved to the Port Royal Golf Course, which is a lovely uh, venue. And we looked at the event and we said, you know what? We are going to limit the cars. We're going to only keep it to around 175 cars, you know, cars that, by the way, we have motorcycles as well, which is great fun. Um, so, so really, we're now at about 175 cars both days. And, you know, the other thing I wanted to tell you, though, about that's so important for folks to realize is we're not just cars. We have vintage boats. Um, we have got, uh, actually, we have a whole wonderful exhibit this year called Life on the Beach, which is their boat days, where we have got vehicles that are basically how folks used to travel to the beach. 
And we have everything from, you know, like an old Volkswagen van to, uh, you know, a mini moke to a thing to to actually a Schwinn tandem bicycle that's going to be there. So when you talk about the number of cars that are actually at the event, you know, you've got 175 on Saturday, 175 on Sunday. But we have all these specialty exhibits that are there both days. And so you're talking then about another, you know, 75 to 100 cars and vehicles, boats that are there um, on both days. So it's really, you know, it's really truly a motoring event. Um, you know, and I think that that's been a big attraction for folks that don't necessarily go to Concourse, per se. Maybe they go to Pebble Beach. But what they're seeing is that they can come in and see things they don't see at these other venues. Do you have, like, a featured mark each year? We sure do. Yes, we sure do. And, of course, this year, as you all know, it's the 50th anniversary of the Porsche 911. So mm. Porsche is our honored mark this year. Um, so we will have a, an incredible array of Porsches that are coming in, um, not only around the 911, but actually through the whole history of Porsche, um, both from the, the racing side to, you know, the, the whole legacy of design around Porsche. So. Yes, we're and actually Hurley Haywood is coming in as our honorary chairman this year, and he'll be there, you know, throughout the event. He'll actually be at the races, and you know, we'll we'll be giving folks hot laps in Savannah, as well as his being at the Hilton Head event. So yes, we are honoring Porsche and Hurley coming in with that. So that's super. Now, how far away for our listeners, if they were to, at Hilton Head, how far away is Savannah and the and basically the race course? Well, it's only about 40 minutes away, which okay. is what's so cool about it. You know, so it really, you know, it's so funny because it happens to be in two states. Um, but you really, it, ironically, Hilton Head and Savannah are adjacent. So, you know, folks that might be coming in and say, hey, you know, I want to come in for a week in this beautiful area. They could stay in Savannah and come over to see the Hilton Head event or the reverse. They could stay in Hilton Head and come over for Savannah. So, you know, it really is a, a really easy trip between the two venues. So, I, you know, I encourage people to take a look at not only coming in for the races, for the vintage racing in Savannah, but as well coming in for the Hilton Head event. It, it really is special. Now, what takes place during the week between the races and the concourse? So if the people stay there for the duration, the full duration, the full 10 days or so, right. what can they do? Well, you know, it's interesting because all the area, uh, you know, between the two, Savannah and Hilton Head, what you've got is a lot of the restaurants, shopping centers, uh, resorts are all starting to do sort of car-related themed events. And, and I'll compare it to Pebble Beach. You know, you go out to... Monterey. To the Monterey, to, to Monterey. And as you know, everywhere you turn, it's really Monterey Auto Week. You know, mm-hmm. that feeling that this event is in town. And really the same thing has happened in this area. So you have everything from a Ferrari dinner to cars and cigars. It's, it's, it's incredible. We've got a couple of, of restaurants and cigar shops that have literally started to create other. There's a whole other night of, of, and I just found out that that event is sold out. I mean, I'm saying you've got to take more people. But where they have displays of, of area cars and people have a chance to smoke cigars and have a great dinner. So, you know, you've got, if you go to our website, which is hhimotoringfestival.com, you'll see that there probably are 15 to 20 events. And, and, and there's small, you know, events throughout this area that are taking place that have a car theme. Um, there's a Corvette dinner, you know, as I said, a Ferrari dinner. And around those, and you have little bit, you know, little smaller exhibits of the car clubs that bring in the, the marked cars around a featured dinner. So it's really a lot of fun. I mean, the whole place feels like this event is happening. 
Wow, that really it really does sound like a lot of fun. And, and for the true car enthusiast, you know, like you said, it's a whole motoring week. And then, of course, it's a family affair, too, because just like you mentioned, there's a lot of things to do. There's there's uh, the historic districts, I'm sure. There's shopping. There's yeah. uh, the beaches. Uh, there's just all kinds of uh, recreational activities. That's great. Exactly. You know, I mean, you come in here and, you know, it's funny. We're on a golf course, but there are two other golf courses open to play golf while you're here. You know, in the same whole, the, the same resort area, you know, so you're right. And, you know, it's interesting. It's really worked hard um, with Hilton Hen. It's funny, we have a lot of the, you know, sort of the celebs that come in, and you know, what what happens is, is that all of them come in, and they bring their families with them, because you're right, it's a family-friendly resort, and we've really worked hard on, um, you know, sort of being kid-friendly, having things that kids are interested in, and by having the variety of things that we do have at the event, not only are you seeing the, the, the best collector cars in the country, at our event, you also have that feeling of seeing some of these specialty exhibits or seeing things. We even have a kids area that we, you know, we sort of had the whole thing around kids learning about the automobile. So, yeah, yes, thank you for saying that because I really, you know, it's really a reason to come to a beautiful resort area in the fall during a beautiful time of the year. Super. Well, Caroline, we're just about out of time, but I want to thank you very much for taking some time and telling us about the Hilton Head Island Motoring Festival and Concourse d'Elegance. I want all my listeners, if you get a chance, check out the website, okay? Caroline, you know, next year I'm going to put it on my bucket list, and I'm definitely going to try to make it up there because this year I got my, my date with the guys in uh, SEMA. But nonetheless, I want to thank you very much. I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Go to our events page. All the events are on there, including the Hilton Head Island event. All right. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Tune in every week for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. And I want everybody to stay safe, drive carefully, love your families, and we will see you at some of the car shows. And don't forget, November 2nd, the Born to Ride concert in Pinellas Park. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.
also Blackberry Smoke, Foghat, Molly Hatchet, and David Allen Coe, Joan Jett of the Blackhearts, and Paul Rogers. Meet Sons of Anarchy stars Katie Segal, Theo Rossi, and Kim Coates, Paul Rogers, and Joan Jett of the Blackhearts. Plus, Counting Car stars Danny the Count Coker and Kevin Mack. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. And Paul Rogers. Don't wait. Hurry and get your tickets now. At BornToRideJam.com. <laughs> 